Are you also tired of one-size-fits-all weight loss plans? Meet Noom, the personalized solution that meets you where you are. Noom is able to understand your unique needs, from dietary restrictions to medical concerns. Unlike restrictive programs, Noom embraces your lifestyle and choices. Discover a sustainable approach to weight loss, tailored just for you. Honestly, Noom felt like it was made for me. It's not just about what I eat. It's about understanding why. With Noom, I've learned so much about myself and built healthier habits that stick. It's all about progress, not perfection. Say goodbye to restrictive diets and experience the Noom app for yourself with personalized lessons and expert coaching. Noom's psychology and biology-based approach has helped over 5.2 million people achieve their goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about snorts, wigs, gloves, poop and pee, a lockout, Eskimos, and bank robbers. The music for this show I recorded on the street in Munich on a layover. They were having sort of a festival as the World Cup. And boy, you know, we think we like sports and we're big sports fans in the United States. Let me tell you, in Europe, they put they put TVs out on the sidewalks. <laughs> it's actually very impressive. So this music, they had a stage and I really liked the song. And it was by Wally and Amy, Warning Trio, with a special guest... Nefertiti. Let's get on with the show. I had this great idea for a title for the podcast, uh, Snorts Are Genuine, because I love snorts. <laughs> and because people don't fake snorts, because some people you'll get a little, ha or that was funny. But when somebody snorts, you know that you've made an impact. So I started walking around asking people, uh, I find... For getting material for the podcast, it's a lot easier to ask people a question than to ask them to come up with a story. So when I've done little surveys and stuff, I can always, almost always get answers except for this one because I was going up to people and then I started saying, um, I'm going to ask you a question that you've probably never been asked before. And they'd be like, huh? And I'd be like, um, do you snort? <laughs> And uh, I didn't get much. I couldn't really get 
people to snort on cue because snorts are genuine. So I only got one. Here's my one snort. See if you can snort. <laughs> oh, I do it again. <laughs> I love it. I like to make people laugh, obviously. And uh, I was on the plane and we were talking about they were talking about spoiling animals, and I said, oh, well, I can do you one better. I make smoothies for my plants. And they all just stopped, and their mouths dropped, and they were like, you what? But actually, it makes perfect sense, or it, it I don't know if it makes perfect sense, but it's good for the environment. I'm basically composting, but so I make smoothies for myself, and then I keep all my food scraps. I hate for that to go in a landfill. Uh, we just have so much trash that we don't have to have. So I keep it. And then one day when I'm making smoothies, I take all the egg peels and, uh, you know, tops of vegetables that you don't eat, all that kind of stuff, ginger skins. Anyway, I keep all that. I juice it up in the juicer because the smaller a particle, the easier it is to break down. So like if you put, say, a cucumber out in a composting bin. It's going to take a long time. But if you juice that cucum cucumber, if you juice that cucumber <laughs> to where it's basically a liquid, and then I mix it with the soil, and then it's great for the plants. And my plants just grow like crazy. So I don't know if you can spoil your plants rotten, but I guess I'm trying. And the three of us would fly together all the time, and they were just as funny as can be. They were, we were talking about some other flight attendant, and they said to me, you know who she is, and I'm going, you know, and they were trying to describe her, and then finally one, one of the girls said, she goes, yeah, she always wears that wig on her head, and it looks like she picked up roadkill. They <laughs> <laughs> put the roadkill on Did her you head. know who she was? What you said that? You're like, oh yeah, I know like, her. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. She was in this matted hairdo. And that's when Linda said, oh gosh, she looked like she picked up roadkill. It's all on her head. That's disgusting. <laughs> So the airline put these new um, kits on the airplane to clean the bathroom because you know the bathrooms do get gross on a long flight, and um, but these kits have all these different items in there, and they didn't really tell us what was going to be in there. They just kind of showed up, and it was kind of like, oh look, we have uh, new tools to have fun with. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, what's this? And I'm opening up these things, and I just, I thought it was just going to be plastic bags or plastic gloves, but they are gloves that go all, plastic gloves that go all the way up to your shoulder. <laughs> and they're like ballroom cleaning gloves. So I just had to um, blow up this <laughs> shoulder length glove, and then it looks like this long arm with a giant hand, and I'm like, I bet we can come up with some uses for a arm, blown up arm with a giant hand on the airplane, you know, like when you can't get the passenger's attention on the beverage car, you just take out this long hand with a long glove and, you know, tap them with the <laughs> plastic glove. That would get their attention. And then there are these long tongs, and we, we figured out they are probably for smashing the 
trash and the trash container down because the trash is always up at the top and nobody wants to touch someone else's trash, right? But I'm like, I bet we can think of some other things to use long tongs for on the airplane. And this other place, and it was like, I know, we'll keep the long tongs on the beverage cart. And when they won't take their earphones off, you just use the tongs to take the earphone out of their ear. (laughs) That would be so fun. But I do think you might get in trouble for that. Um, so, but I've been on every trip just because most of the flight attendants don't even know we have these weird ass, uh, long arm gloves. So I like to blow it up, you know, like you do. And, uh, I've been doing it on every, every trip, uh, you know, just to entertain myself mainly. And we had this female pilot and, uh, she was unusual in a way because most of our female pilots, I mean, you don't like to generalize, but in general, they are rather quiet and um, conservative, I think, as like in a man's world. But this female pilot was very gregarious and outgoing and real funny. And so I was showing her my arm, uh, blow up arm sculpture. (laughs) And she was like, oh, you know what? We could use it to wake up Uh, the pilot. The crew rest for the pilot is a first class seat that has a curtain goes around it. And so you have to reach in there. And she goes, we should, when we wake up the pilot, the next pilot, use that big blow up hand. I'm like, oh, that's good. And she goes, oh, here. And I mean, this, this thing is like two feet, you know, it was a big hand and she she took it off to the cockpit and kind of sat on it. So it kind of stood up like a stiffy. (laughs) I should have taken a picture, but I think that could be incriminating. But the thing is, she's, she wanted to try to get it in the toilet because um, the pilots, what they'll do uh, when they're getting in and out of the cockpit, because it's hard for them to get in and out of the cockpit. We have all these security measures. They will lock off a restroom for the next one so a passenger won't get in there so they won't have to wait. So she was thinking, it's funny, if she could get it in the toilet. So when they lifted up the toilet seat, the, the sculpture hand would pop out. <laughs> but we didn't really have enough time to do that kind of uh, MacGyvering. I was doing a domestic flight. I was flight leader, and yeah. of course, I was hanging up the jackets. And then yeah. at the end of the flight, I was passing out the jackets. Right. And we are all done, and we land. And this guy comes up to me and goes, "Can I have my jacket?" And I'm thinking, "Your jacket? I don't have any more jackets." Right. I'm standing there. My brain is going yeah. like boot, and. <laughs> looking around and I see a little piece of sleeve sticking out of the flight deck door. (laughs) You know, the MD-88, how we would hang them inside the flight deck door. Oh, 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 I see. Like (laughs) like in the interim, before you could get to the closet. So his jacket got to fly up front. Up front. In the cockpit. In the cockpit. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody in there noticed either. The pilots didn't notice there was a passenger code. So I'm calling them frantically. I'm like, can you open the door as quickly as possible? Because they have their little things yeah. to do after landing. And they were laughing. And the passenger looked at me like, what? whatever. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did you hear that laugh? It was fantastic. I was commuting on the jump seat. And the guy flight attendant, I'm... I found him very curious just because he is a flight attendant. And 
um, his experience is so different than mine. Uh, he doesn't, he, I was telling him, you know, I just come in from Munich and he was like, oh, I don't fly international. I did that once and I, I'll never go back. And I was thinking, why? You know, that <laughs> I don't understand. And he's like, oh my gosh, I went to London and it was terrible and they were so mean to me and I've never been back. And I was like, well, what happened? And he's like, well, um, get over there and I just want to get something to eat. And there was a Burger King right near the hotel. So I went into Burger King, you know, was, he, you know, he knew he was comfortable with it and he's trying to pay with dollars. And I'm thinking, well, you know, they don't use dollars. And he's like, and they wouldn't take my dollars. And I was thinking, oh, well, yeah, three dollars. And he's like, um, well, well, you take a credit card. And at the time, probably now they will take a credit card, but this is probably years ago. And they were like, no. And he's like, well, just take the 20 and you just keep the change. And they were like, no. And it's like, you can't go into, can you imagine going into uh, Burger King here and giving them pounds or euros and they're not going to take it either. You know, I mean, I don't know what your expectations are, but he said, he finally said, well, I don't know what you, I, he's a big guy. He's like, I'm, I'm getting this, I'm getting this hamburger. He said he was really hungry and they uh, brought over a manager and they're like, are you threatening us? I mean, I was thinking, I don't understand this story. Uh, <laughs> and he said, and, and in his mind, they were horrible. Um, I don't know. Anyway, so he goes, he said he went back to the hotel and uh, he couldn't figure out how he was going to eat. So he ordered room service. And he ordered a hamburger and a Coke. And when he checked out the next day, it was $54 in our money. And he was just appalled. And so he's never, he's never been back to Europe since. Now, it's not necessarily a funny story, but it just shows how everybody's um, experience is so different. When he said that he had this horrible experience in, in Europe, uh, I wasn't thinking that it was just that he was trying to pay what dollars and they went and let him and then he got an expensive you can get an expensive hamburger uh in room service in the united states so i don't know i guess we're all different i'm just saying <laughs> i was in the flight attendant lounge and a nice pretty blonde young flight attendant came up to me and uh, she said um i hope you're not going to think I'm weird, but I heard you talking and I know you. <laughs> she recognized me from the podcast and she said she had been hoping to run into me someday. And what's funny about that is over all these years that I've been doing the podcast, I think she's the fourth person, only four, who has uh, recognized me in person because of my voice. There was a guy on the plane who heard me make a PA. There was a uh, Oh, that fun passenger that sat next to me on my commuter flight, and we were talking. We were talking about him buying a condo in New York, and then at some point he was like, Oh my God, you're Betty! <laughs> Which was really fun. And then there was um, a guy I dated in college who heard the, my podcast and thought, Wait a minute, I think I used to date her. And he did. <laughs> Neil. Anyway, uh, now, Stephanie. So here, there's only been four, but it was so nice to meet you, Stephanie. I was yet working another wonderful domestic flight on the MD-88, and I'm doing the safety demo. Yeah. And you know how you hold up the safety card, and I was holding up the card and showing them, yeah. like, where the life vest is and where the seat cushions yeah. are. And then I turn it around and put it back, and it was the in-flight menu. <laughs> 
just couldn't stop laughing and every time I passed by and I was like so dead serious with my menu. <laughs> You can tell that I really enjoy talking to my fellow crew members. There's a lot of camaraderie and laughter, and I love my job. And you can tell in their voices they're having a good time too, like a like you would talk at a party or like a I don't know work party. <laughs> Well, this last trip I had uh, was the opposite of that. There was uh, a flight attendant who um, had a mass of frizzy hair. Now, I know, I know I should be the last to talk because I can get that blonde afro. I've told you a million stories how I'm in a humid place and I and I have a this crazy blonde hair afro. <laughs> But at work, I do my very, very best to be groomed and presentable and, um, you know, I look nice. So this this flight attendant with the um, mass of frizzy hair, um, she was also kind of sloppy, you know, a little over, you know, you know. But here's the worst part. Well, she was cranky, so that's bad. But here's the worst part, and maybe I shouldn't say this. I don't think anybody could figure out who it was, because that would be terrible. But anyway, um, this was a year ago. (laughs) It wasn't recently. It was a year ago. (laughs) Anyway, she smelled like poop. I mean, she smelled like poop, not farts. There's a difference between the smell of farts and poop. And, And I thought, well, maybe she had a issue an accident, something, you know, trying to give her the benefit of the doubt on the way home. Guess what? Still smelled like poop. But here is the interesting part of this trip that was very long time ago. She was one of the better ones. (laughs) There were two flight attendants, and I don't see this very often. Thank goodness. Thank heavens. But they hated each other. They had had a previous incident, and they both hated each other, and they both wanted to tell you how much they hated the other one. And there was, like, venom in the air, like like tension, like it's just like you could cut through it. And it's like, oh, my. Guess who's not getting any stories on this trip? No stories for you. I'd like to thank any of you who went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you were going to buy something on Amazon. It doesn't cost you any more, and it supports the show. And I like to see what people bought. This month, somebody bought Madagascar bourbon vanilla beans. Yum. Uh, Smoked cinnamon bitters. Yum. And you could always buy my books, uh, the Tar Collection, books one and two, and Betty and the Jets, The Adventures of a Traveling Fool. Uh, A nice reviewer, listener, had wrote how the tar books are surprisingly low cost. They're 99 cents and $1.25. And I did that on purpose. You know, I'm not going to make the 35 cents a book. Um, But I did that on purpose because I didn't want to charge too much because I think of them as my quote unquote apprentice books. You know, I'm learning as I go. I had never written fiction. So um, I got one bad review for the tar maker, an Icelandic adventure. And uh, she wrote, The first one was great. This one was okay. And I was thinking, the first one was great? (laughs) Fan-freaking-tastic! Okay, I got a really nice review from John Rottenstein. And uh, he said, 
that Betty is the most popular author of real-world travel fiction. But that's because she invented the category. Love that. And he also wrote about Betty and the Jets. And as an interesting travel overlay, each chapter begins with an explanation of where the chapter was written, such as written on a picnic table on a Cabana Beach, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, while sipping raw coconut juice from a freshly macheted coconut. It's true. Thank you. Yes, I was a passenger on the plane and sat in first class and the flight attendant came by and asked um, an older gentleman and his wife if they wanted something to drink. Right. His wife refused to talk to him. The flight attendant asked him, ma'am, you want anything to drink? The lady refused to answer. Finally, she said, ma'am, do you want anything to drink? And her husband sat next to her and said, oh, my, I'm sorry. My wife doesn't talk to the help. Oh, my wife doesn't talk to the help. To the help. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> they didn't get anything to drink the whole flight. <laughs> expect us to be able to fix everything. I was commuting to work, so I'm in my uniform, but I'm not working. And and lots of times that confuses people because, you know, why would they know that I'm not working? So there was an old man sitting in first class and he had old shoes on and old clothes on and his old sole on his old shoe fell off. And his irate daughter said to the guy flight attendant who was working the flight, she said, he can't get off the plane. He can't get off the plane without his shoe. What are you going to do about it? How are you going to fix his shoe? And he was kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, that's not part of our training. We don't have a shoe repair kit on board. Uh, you know, we don't have in our manual look up what to do when somebody sole of their shoe falls off. Well, she was like, it happened on your plane, so you need to fix it. And he was like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. And she was really angry. And I said, "Uh, I have duct tape in my bag. I always carry duct tape because it can fix a lot of things. It's handy, handy dandy stuff. And uh, I wasn't working the plane. So my suitcase was like halfway back in the overhead bin. And uh, he said, oh, she has duct tape. We'll get it. And so we're like just taking off and and uh, she's like, is, are you going to get the tape or what? And he's like, well, you have to wait till the seatbelt's on. It was just, you know, she, she was just very upset. And really, I, I, you know, it doesn't say anywhere that we have to fix people's shoes. But I got my duct tape and <laughs> wrapped it up. <laughs> Saved the day. Okay, so uh, another guy was saying that uh, a lady in first class had lost her phone on the floor. They use their phone all the time because they don't think about the plane moving and like when we stop, things fly forward. And so she's irate and uh, he's on, got a flashlight and he's on the floor and she's mad at him, which makes no sense. And she says to him, how confident are you that you'll be able to find my phone? And he was thinking, not that confident. And uh, you lost your phone. <laughs> Okay, so then I was flying to Madrid, and it was going to be storming, okay? So uh, the pilots had already said, you know, we need to get out of here because, you know, they're going to shut the airport at some point when the the thunder and lightning starts. So we pushed back, and the flight attendant comes running up. (laughs) She comes running up, and she says, oh, my gosh, we have to go back to the gate. This headrest fell off, and we don't have any empty seats. And it's like, it's broken. It's not even like you can put it back on. 
And I'm like, oh, we have to go back to the gate. If we go back to the gate, uh, that's going to be a delay in and of itself. And then we're going to get in that storm. And then we're going to, it probably could have been an hour, an hour and a half. And she's like, we have to go back to the gate. We don't have any empty seats. And I'm like, hold on, stop, wait. <laughs> I've got my handy dandy duct tape. <laughs> so I duct taped that headrest back on and you know it's strong enough and I saved the day <laughs> the pilot said because we didn't have to go back to the gate I ducked it it didn't look pretty but hey we didn't have to go back to the gate and the pilot said only three planes took off after us and then the airport was shut down well I carry the duct tape because it does fix a lot of things on the plane it can fix a lot of problems lots of times the jacks the audio where you put your headset, um, they get used so much, so they get a little loose. And if you don't have your headset in there just right, um, it doesn't sound good. But if you duct tape your headset on there, it's great. And you know, the reason why I started carrying duct tape is that uh, not for being a flight attendant, uh, but just for traveling. When you're reading travel books, Lonely Planet, other guidebooks, they'll say with you, you should always have some duct tape because you don't know what might happen. Your bag breaks, zipper breaks. Um, duct tape can you know, fix so many things. But not only that, if there's ever a hotel fire and you decide it's a safer place to stay in your room, you can duct tape around the door so that the smoke doesn't come in. Handy tip for my handy dandy duct tape. Okay, something else happened. Yes. So one of my friends was at the airport of Minneapolis, and there had been a bank robbery that day in Minneapolis, and they got away with a lot of cash. And a man walked up and asked to buy a one-way ticket from the agents, and he opened a bag full of cash to pay for his ticket. So stupid. Yes. So the FBI were called, of course, and they came down the jetway and told the flight attendant, and there was, she was standing there talking to them at the door to the airplane, that we're going to be looking for this person. And he started describing it. And she started nodding toward the person coming down the jetway saying, you mean like him? And the FBI agent kept talking. And he has a tweed jacket. And she said, you mean like him? <laughs> and he has a, you mean like him? <laughs> the guy just couldn't get it. That he was standing right behind him. Oh my gosh. They did get him because he was standing right there. I'm so stupid. He yeah. open a bag full of cash. Oh yeah, can you believe that? So dumb. And buy a one-way ticket. I got a wonderful email from Cassie in England. She said, I want to let you know how much I love your podcast, and I just wanted to share why the ending of each podcast really has a true meaning for me. I've come to podcasts very late, and when I was browsing, I found yours. Uh, my next-door neighbor was a flight attendant, and she shared a couple stories with me, which made me excited to start listening to yours, and I was hooked right from the beginning. I really wanted to binge listen, but I've limited myself to one episode a day. You see, I'm housebound and bedbound, and I have been for nine years. Oh, my. Just very touching. Um... She said, now I have your podcast to listen to, and boy, it takes me out of my world. I laugh a lot. You've taught me a lot and over a range of topics. You have everything from the truly shocking, the funny, and the did I just hear that right moment? I can't believe so many passengers get naked or pee in crazy places. Then you have the heartwarming, like the dog having puppies or your daily kayak with dolphins, and the emotional. The stories about bringing troops home made me choke up. 
and it's just truly brilliant. I enjoy them all. Your podcast really takes me on a journey. And at the end of each episode, when you say, I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together, I've thought to myself after every podcast, if she only knew how true that is. Boy, it was so nice. So I was working the 727 and I was rather new, I think like two years. Yeah. And we're on a late night flight to Boston and this man had to go to the bathroom really badly. And I was working first class and he was standing waiting for the bathroom and he was getting very impatient. Was he like anyway, jumping back and forth? No, he was just like getting irritated. Anyway, I turn around to go serve someone. I come back and I look and he's peeing into the corner of the galley. Wow. When they pee where they're not supposed to. Right. So then I go back and I no, get the men. It's always men. I've yet to see a woman I, peeing where she's I, not supposed to. I go, I go get the senior flight attendant, and she comes up and she made him clean it up oh. on his hands and knees with a wow. big towel. It's the summer, right? It's hot where I live. I live in the south. You know, it's easily hundred degrees, and uh, my condo has a pool which is great, and I'll go over there and um, beat the heat, and I'll swim and write and swim and write. Uh, nice, right? And I've learned um, that outdoor activities here are cooler when wet. <laughs> Shocker. So what I'll do is when I get back from the pool, while I'm still wet in my bathing suit and a cover-up, uh, that's when I'll go water the plants and pull weeds, etc. that I need to do uh, outside. So I'm out on my patio, and I go to go back in the door. has locked. It has self-locked. I guess like the latch fell on its own? I didn't even know it could do that. So now, I'm outside, in a bathing suit, wet, no phone, no keys, no money. Now, I've learned not to panic. As I've gotten older, it's like, okay, breathe, you can figure this out, no panicking. Okay, hey, I've got a hidden key outside. Oh. Okay, no problem. Problem solved. Go get the key thinking, yeah, score. I can do this. Uh, not so much. I was home. So now my front door is open, open on the inside. But my storm door, the storm door that I installed myself because there was a screen door there when I moved in and it had like an inch it didn't reach the floor, and that's where those darn crabs, you know, when I first moved in here and I had that crab problem, it's because the crabs were walking in. And, like, that was when my friend, uh, <laughs> when I left L.A. and a lot of friends there, and they would always ask him, you know, how's Betty doing? And he'd say, she's fine. She has crabs. <laughs> well, I install installed that storm door, but I don't have a key hidden outside of that storm door, actually for a good reason, because I don't lock that door when I leave. That door I actually use as a barrier. You know, if you live in a condo, they have the key to your condo. But I could be in the shower and I don't want like the bug guy. The bug guy comes in, he has a key. I don't want him coming in. Like if I'm putting on sunscreen and I'm naked or I'm in the shower naked. So when I'm home, I lock that storm door. So when I leave, I don't lock it. So I didn't see any reason to have that key hidden somewhere because... 
I don't lock it when I leave. But see, I hadn't left. I was home. <laughs> and so now... Now... I need to ask for the kindness of strangers. Or figure out how to break the glass. But I don't have a hammer outside. I've never tried to break glass. I don't know how easy that is to do. Um, I went and asked uh, somebody at the restaurant uh, if I could use their phone to call a locksmith. Because I was thinking, yes, get a locksmith. That's what I'll do. I don't care what it costs. I just need to get back inside my house. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's not that easy to go up to strangers wet and ask for to use their phone. But I did. And I called both locksmiths that are here on this island. No answer. It's after business hours. It's on the weekend. And I can't have them call me back because I don't have a phone. So I really, I was kind of like circling the building, <laughs> trying to figure out like who to ask and what they can possibly do anyway. And I see my neighbor upstairs and um, wah, wah, wah. she and I have had issues. Um, we've had arguments because uh, lots of times... Uh, cigarette butts will come down from her um, balcony onto mine and it's depressing because I hear I, I'm out there always working my plants and everything and I just have cigarette butts and another time there was a, a, a firecracker uh, lit firecracker issue so we've had issues and now I've got to ask her for help but let me say she stepped up she was great um, she tried to break in herself. Uh, she called other people to ask for help. Uh, finally, she thought of our other neighbor, and he came down, and he used a drill uh, with a metal drill bit to basically drill through the lock, and then, yay, back in. It's funny how exciting something can be that wouldn't seem exciting, but when you need <laughs> figuring, okay, what, what the hell am I going to do out here What? But, uh, what, thanks to the kindness of neighbors, you know, won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> I got back in. Oh, this flight attendant told me a story about a Alaskan airline. I don't believe it was Alaskan. It was a different airline, a little airline they had up there at one point. This was back when, and I, I wasn't around for this, when the overhead bins weren't actually bins. There was like a shelf with a netting. Um, and you just put hats and jackets up there and things. And uh, this... Eskimo, I don't say that very often, this Eskimo <laughs> brought on a box, but then there was this terrible, terrible smell in the cabin, a funk, like, ugh, ugh. And so uh, the flight attendant, she had spoke to him when he got on, so she knew he spoke English. And then when she was asking him, what's in this box that you put up here? He had a box in that overhead mesh thing and he was pretending like he didn't speak English like and she's like I know you speak English you spoke English before what is in that box because it stinks we can't have all the passengers have to be subject to this stink it turned out to be a walrus head and you know what I would think that could be a bit smelly the same day that I had to duct tape the guy's shoe, uh, it was great when you, in one commuter flight, I got two stories. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. So I get on the plane and I always introduce myself and there was a pretty black girl and uh, she looked familiar. I was pretty sure that we had um, sat on the jump seat together somewhere and uh, she goes, oh, I remember you. You wanted to take pictures of my feet. And I was like, I don't think so. 
what? Huh? She goes, you wanted to take pictures of my feet. And I'm like, what? I don't take, why would I want to take pictures of people's feet? But I'm, I don't want to be rude to And I'm like, I don't think, I don't, I don't think so. I look like a lot of people. And she's like, no, you wanted to take pictures of my feet. And I was like, why would I want to take pictures of your feet? Off a foot fetish or anything. And then she goes, I think it was because of the blue suede shoes. And I was like, oh, oh, yes. Okay. I was on my way to Laos and I was wearing my blue suede shoes. And the character in the tar books, Marjo, wears blue suede shoes and she's black. And I wanted to take a picture for the, I put pictures in the fictional books and I thought it'd be funny to have a picture of her blue suede shoes on her way to Laos. And, um, but I can't take pictures of my feet because my ankles are white. (laughs) So I'd ask this black girl if I could take pictures of her feet in my shoes, but she had on stockings um, that were, uh, you couldn't see her skin color, so it kind of didn't work, and I forgot all about it. So when she said, I remember you, you wanted to take pictures of my feet, I was thinking, not unless I was drunk or something, what I want to take pictures of someone's feet, but sure enough, I did <laughs> want to take pictures of her feet. I was talking to some other flight attendants, and we were talking about fake IDs. And I don't think I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I was a rather uh, resourceful youngster. I, I don't know how old I was, maybe 18, and the drinking age was 21. And my sister, who is four years older than me, had moved to Florida. So when her DMV renewal came in the mail, I thought, Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if I could get away with this. So I, I took, I took some balls. I went to the DMV with her renewal notice and they took the picture of me. <laughs> so I had, for those years, I had the best fake ID anyone could have because it was a real driver's license with my picture on it. Okay, so then years later, I think it was I was probably 22, 23, and my mother found that ID like in the sofa cushions, and she's like, "Betty, why does your sister's driver's license have your picture on it?" And I was like, hmm? "I don't know. Weird." Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. See if you can snort. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do it again. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.